Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, Bahrain Grand Prix edition. We are here for round one of a 23 race season. And what a banger we have just come off the back of. I am still buzzing from yesterday, to be honest. And joining me in the virtual commentary booth, I'm sure two people that are also buzzing. One of them has a brand new house. That WTF1 money really cashing in. Uh, It's Mr. Tom Bellingham, of course, with uh, a less interesting background. Tommy, you've got nothing there. Yeah, I've got nothing and nothing in this room. So I apologize for the potential echo well yeah it's fine you should apologize and katie you haven't changed because i've seen those pillows many times in this podcast um anything new in your life tommy's new house have you got a new whip have you got your aston martin yet that you dream of i haven't no i'm still saving up for it in fact i think i might change because i've seen pierre gasly's podium finishing toro rosso came on the market so i might change and save up for that instead Really uh, useful bit of equipment that will be, right? That's what so, I uh, thought, pop down yeah. to the shops in the, in the Formula One car, <laughs> definitely possible. Anyway, let's get into your three-word race reviews. We've got uh, a few for you. Jack Dot Arnold says, corner cutting confusion. Matthias Vergara, what a race. There wasn't that many rah rah uh, G Delfino, one, track limit sucks. And Alex Heiner, zero, two. So damn close. So, of, of course, we've got a few there talking about track limits which is always a fun topic of conversation isn't it you always want to come off the back of an amazing race and the first thing you talk about is track limits Uh, and then what a race is pretty pretty nicely summed up and so damn close it was indeed less than one second over the line between Verstappen and Hamilton as I said in IBR someone's taken a look at my Christmas uh, wish list and and it's come true uh, which is amazing Uh, we'll go on to the track limit stuff soon but we won't start it off with that we'll start it with my three word race review which is dream come true of course. How could it not be? Verstappen versus Hamilton. And it's it's kind of the mouthwatering prospect we've we've kind of had teases of occasionally, but there hasn't been a huge amount of, uh, of on-track action between Hamilton and Verstappen, but we finally got it. Eventually, it was more of a race of strategy until at the end, Max, uh, Max came pretty strong, uh, but unfortunately fell short. We've got a few questions. Formula 1-1. That's... That is quite confusing to read out loud. Uh, Does Max have the head and maturity to win a championship? He lost the race today just as much as Hamilton won it. I think that's very harsh indeed. Uh, Considering the track limits confusion anyway that was clearly going on, maybe a part of that was Max Verstappen not reading the rule book or whatever. But um, I've actually, I will go into uh, something that Sam Collins posted on Twitter. Uh, He's the F1 tech expert uh, earlier today, kind of trying to dissect exactly what went on. But I think that's harsh. I think Max does have the head of maturity. He, He chased after Hamilton, should have won the race, but there was, you know, a slight small bit of controversy, I suppose, with the track limits. Yeah, I'd, I'd argue that maybe Max Verstappen is a little bit more mature because he quite could quite easily have gone for an absolute dive bomb and crashed into Hamilton, taken off his front wing, like I'm sure he probably would have done back in 2017 or something. Or just but, driven off and ignored the stewards, right? Yeah, ex- well. yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's all hindsight, isn't it, really, with the, with the move? It was, it was so frustrating because, like you say, it was a dream come true to have that battle. We've, we've all been desperate to see Hamilton versus Verstappen, um, especially with it looking like, or maybe not, Hamilton's maybe at the tail end of his career. Um, and I think Martin Brundle said something brilliant in practice that was like, you know, we were denied, sadly, 
the Senna and Schumacher battle, how good would it be for Verstappen and Hamilton to have that battle? And them two going wheel to wheel until the last lap doesn't really get much better. But the fact that Max, yeah, I mean, it's controversial. I was kind of, it was one of those things where you're just like, of all the places he could have passed him, it was, it was quite similar to uh, Austria, actually, when, you know, the the amazing battle he had with Leclerc and you just thought of all the places, why did you have to pass in a controversial place? It's going to be like a little bit, yeah, like, back and forth but one one thing that I've not seen many people talk about and maybe this is the biggest reach ever is I wonder if Max could have maybe been a bit more ungentlemanly with letting Hamilton through eased off let Hamilton be the one that went offline dirty his tires and then maybe cut back behind him and had a run down the main straight again which let's be honest is the kind of thing that the, the drivers like Alonso or Hamilton might might do because they're always you know thinking about that I was quite surprised that Max pulled over got his tires dirty and then there were a few chances but he never really had that amazing chance again maybe that's something he he could have done but I think it's unfair to say uh, you know this this comment's almost acting like he dived up the inside and broke his front wing which he didn't yeah, no doubt in my mind that Max Verstappen will probably be a multiple world champion in his time. Um, but I can see where they're coming from. Like Tommy alluded to in his answer, there have been a few instances with Max where he's been very impulsive with his overtaking instead of maybe thinking it through and you know deciding that maybe a few turns away is a better opportunity than right here, right now. Um, we saw it in Turkey where we obviously had those crazy track conditions and he ended up actually spinning the car because he tried to go for an overtake. I think it was on Checo. Um, and yeah, he, he does make mistakes as most drivers do, unless you're like Lewis Hamilton or whatever. But um, in the other chance, like it's better to go for a gap than just to leave it and then spend the whole rest of the time regretting it. So yeah, I think Max will have the maturity to win a championship um but maybe Tommy's right maybe he needed to be a little bit more savage and um not giving the place back quite as easily or uh you know making forcing Hamilton into making an error which we kind of saw a little bit before he actually did the overtake you know Hamilton ran wide and it's not often we see Hamilton make an error like that even though literally like five seconds ago I just said Hamilton doesn't make mistakes but um yeah I think it was just excellent to see wasn't it like talking about it I've got such a huge grin on my face I just loved it I wasn't even on the edge of my seat I was stood like a foot from my telly yelling at the telly because it was just excellent racing um and my goodness if the rest of the season is like this I am so ready yeah let's talk about so quickly a couple of things I want to say on that so turn four I think Verstappen had to go for there it wasn't exactly the most ridiculous or audacious move that loads of other drivers haven't done it there. That turn four is a very good opportunity to make it make it work, especially around the outside. Uh, we saw overtakes. I mean, Lando did it on the first lap for the second year in a row. That you know, he he literally does it every single time at uh, turn four. It's his uh, favourite place to do it on lap one. Um, so I, I don't think it was a ridiculous move from Max. It could have easily worked and just went a little bit too hot, as you can see, and he slid wide. Um, but yeah, that the point on, uh, I didn't really think about the point about him actually giving the position back to Hamilton. You're, you're right, because uh, he went offline, let Hamilton back through. And then only a few corners later, 
he then has that massive moment on the around the penultimate corner, which a, a lot of people, uh, including myself, think that that was the reason why then he lost that extra edge of performance that that he uh, that he had over Hamilton. Because of course, if you're sliding more, you get more heat into the tires, then it overheats, uh, and then you lose that performance. And Max didn't have a huge amount in hand over Hamilton anyway. You know, he had that small gap because it was about half a second, maybe six, seven tenths that he was eking out of Hamilton. A few laps where it was a bit quicker, but. Overall, by the time he got to the back of Hamilton, he didn't have that massive tyre advantage that that he had at the beginning of the stint. So, yeah, it's a really good point because he could have easily just waited a few more corners. The stewards would have allowed that, I'm sure. You know, just have a little argument, you know, a little, oh, no, I don't think I should, blah, blah, blah. A few more corners, let him go maybe round the corner that he made the mistake. He'll then get DRS down the, the home straight and has a good opportunity into turn one. So, yeah, it's a really good really good point because after that as you say there was no opportunity uh, for Max to really get through and I think that was his best opportunity because of course Lewis made that mistake uh, going into the double left-hander of turn 10 I think it was um, which allowed Hamilton sorry Verstappen to get in with, within DRS so I can see why Max went for the opportunity because he thought look it's very difficult to overtake in these cars I have to make it stick now and Max usually does uh, but unfortunately for him, just ran a little bit wide. And uh, I'm sure we'll get on to the track limits controversy very shortly. Uh, another question. Uh, Tom92781684 says, should Bahrain become the new season opening race? It produces much better races than Albert Park. Uh, I agree. I think Bahrain is actually a really awesome, almost unsung hero of the of the Formula One calendar. It's it's a great racetrack. It's got uh, areas where the, where the, the, the drivers can make pretty big mistakes that downhill double left-hander causes all kinds of problems in formula two formula one with the, the locking up of the front left uh, but then you also have some amazing straights you have hard braking zones into turn one especially turn four is a great opportunity to overtake as we've already mentioned so in terms of actual racing action sure bahrain should definitely be the opening race and there are other contenders as well there are better racetracks than bahrain on the calendar but it doesn't come down to that it comes down to contracts it's so funny because in 2010, uh, I think it's 2010 when Bahrain last hosted the opening a horrendous race. Horrendous layout. A horrendous layout. But even still, Bahrain kind of has that. Like you say, I, I think it's an underrated track. It's produced some brilliant racing. Uh, the first sector, especially, you get so many switchbacks, and it allows the car to run back alongside again, and just a great sequence of corners. And yeah, that. When I just remember Bahrain being one of those things like, oh, you know, why Bahrain, why is it taking the place of Albert Park? It's just money. And you feel like this could be like a controversial question, but it seems like everyone now agrees that Albert Park, while there's no doubt um, the race in Australia got amazing F1 heritage and there'll probably be some very angry Australians now um, shouting at us saying you can't get rid of Melbourne as the first race because this amazing party atmosphere and uh, I've not been lucky enough to go but I know my my parents have and they said you know it's such a good celebration and the city does so much for Formula One and it's amazing and it feels like a really amazing venue for the first race but the race itself is never that great and And 90% of these people don't enjoy the celebrations because they're not exactly well it's like Abu Dhabi right (laughs) It's Abu Dhabi. I'm sure people at home when Abu Dhabi is the finale is probably sick of hearing, you know, people going, oh, well, you know, the facilities are amazing and there's a roller coaster, but it's like, we want a good race. And <laughs> there's a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, the argument. Exactly. But yeah, I don't, Bahrain, yeah, I think it's, and, and also let's not forget the fact that we had Austria um, 
as the last last year as a season opener, and that produced a brilliant race as well. Um, it's a shame, really, because Albert Park did have its moments, but it just hasn't seemed to have delivered for a long time. I'm somebody on this podcast who I've said before, I really like the Albert Park track. I don't know if maybe that's an unpopular opinion or whatever, but I quite like it. I think it's probably partly because it's normally the first race and it's got all that excitement around it. But in terms of the general racing, I don't think it's the worst track on the calendar by any means. But in terms of Bahrain, that was such a brilliant first race. And even though we'd had pre-season testing there, like literally a few weeks before, we, we mentioned this when we were talking through the calendar, that there were fears that because we'd had pre-season testing, although it was only three days compared to like the normal six days or eight days that we've had in the past, um, we were thinking, oh goodness, is this race going to be a complete ball fest because all the teams have got the data, like recent data. But like Tommy said, it just proved to be absolutely brilliant and there are so many different elements to that track that make it um so great for a racing spectacle and at the end of the day that's what we need although roller coasters are cool we want decent racing so what you're saying with the the whole testing thing is that if we'd started the season in barcelona all this time we would have had an absolute banger at barcelona (laughs) (laughs) probably fair people might think the barcelona is actually a more a better track than what it is currently if uh, anything that's that starts in, as the first race of the season even monaco i might even think that's good uh, mm. if that started yeah, off as the uh... are you feeling all right matt <laughs> <laughs> uh, no i'm not i'm still uh, still on a high from yesterday um but but yeah I, I, yeah albert park is one of those that i can take or leave it personally it does have that feel good nature of the fact it's the first race but apart from that i'm uh, i'm i'm pretty over it um, but as for Bahrain, as you say, Katie, yeah, there was there was a, a huge amount of the, the unknown, which was crazy. You know, the tyres were the things that no teams really had got their head around because um, obviously it was only a three day test. So uh, but that is still a huge amount of time. You know, that's three full days of running. So you would have thought maybe uh, with that, with practice sessions and whatnot, they would have got their, their heads around the cars as well as the tyre strategy. But because of the fact that, you know, we had 50 degree track temperatures and then when the race hit, it was uh, d- down in the 20s. Uh, and then the the abrasive nature of the track as well, causing more and more tire wear. Yeah, it was it was it was brilliant. Uh, Tommy, three word race review. The three word race review is where's the consistency? That could technically be a uh, no. It's not four words. I knew where's... you were going to. Yeah, I knew that was going to be. I kind of almost <laughs> picked it deliberately just to, <laughs> just to get people to bring it up. And um, yeah, unsurprisingly, a lot of people aren't happy with track limits, and it's a massive shame because. We had this amazing, you know, brilliant race that we've just been talking about. I put an Instagram post up uh, after the race, you know, just essentially just what a race, expecting all the comments to be like, wow, you know, what a season opener. This is amazing. And every comment was just angry people being like, track limits are a joke, blah, Wait, blah, blah. This was... Tw- social media is full of angry media. people. I know, right? No. But, but, <laughs> but to be fair... I can sympathize a little bit. Um, it's a shame that people can't just enjoy that race because it was brilliant. But, you know, we we saw videos cir- circling the internet where Hamilton was running wide at turn four. Um, I think the famous one being where he goes wide 29 times and everyone's like, oh my God, like disqualify him from the whole championship. Um, and then, of course, Verstappen did his move of all places at turn four. And I agree that... Um, and we'll go into this and explain because I, I think a lot of people are confused by it. I think that the Hamilton, well, I know the Hamilton thing was legal and Max 
shouldn't have been allowed to overtake uh, off the track. My problem is why the FIA make these rules so pointlessly complicated when, you know, we've talked about just recent, I mean, just recently, Drive to Survive has been the number one thing on Netflix and you're bringing all these new fans in. And then just making the sport pointlessly confusing and people don't understand. And it's clearly for a lot of people ruined what should have been a brilliant race between Hamilton and Verstappen and we should be just lauding it and how good it is. But this track limits controversy has just taken over and I don't understand why they've kind of changed the rules between qualifying in the race and how how hard is it just to police that if you go off the track, you're not allowed to go off the track and that's it. It's just silly to me. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And I'm of the same opinion about the fact that, you know, why is it not just one rule for the entire weekend? The only thing that I can think of that um, that would, you know, cause us to do that is a lack of resource, lack of people being able to actually watch that particular corner. But then it, it says, I think, in a document that two people were analysing that corner for the entire race. I mean, so, if someone can stick the highlights on Twitter about 10 minutes after the race, I'm sure yeah, a steward yeah. can do it. Oh, exactly. No, no, but that's what I mean. But what, yeah, what yeah. else is there? Where is, where's the reason apart from trying to, you know, you either allow it or you don't. And um, I, I, I mentioned Sam Collins, the F1 tech expert. He, uh, he basically, I'll put it in a nutshell because he goes into quite a lot of detail on his, on his social media about, what happened so essentially it seems as though the stewards got a little bit annoyed with how much hamilton was extending so a lot of drivers charles leclerc sonoda etc etc were all extending to the limit of you know four wheels off the track but still within the remits of the curb hamilton was basically going off to narnia and coming back on the track um and so you can understand that there you know when you actually look at some of the onboards he is going very wide indeed but then why is that not clamped down so that it's literally as we've seen in the past the stewards have had this in place for other places uh, for example i think is it the penultimate corner at austria they they kind of clamped down on that and you know it's just instant deletion and they had that in place for qualifying why is it not the fact that they can just say, right, you can't extend turn four. It looks bad anyway. Like just if you're going to clamp down on, on uh, track limits last year, why are you not doing it consistently for this year? Um, because they've done it in qualifying. They can do it. Why are they not forcing it? And I don't, I don't understand because then you also have, you know, you have millions of people watching at home. They don't have the rule book in front of them and they see Verstappen do exactly what everyone else is doing but overtaken Hamilton using it. But the problem is they're saying it doesn't matter in terms of lap time, unless you're Hamilton and you're taking too much of the mick. But if it's in a sporting sense of trying to overtake somebody and you go off the track, then that's illegal. So you can see why that causes so much confusion with fans, because you think, well, if you're allowed to do it on your own, why are you not allowed to do it when you're overtaking somebody, you know, when you're in the heat of battle, Surely there's a little bit of lenience there, but but there isn't. So it's so confusing and it needs to be clamped down and just streamlined, not just for the drivers, but for the fans at home. You know, Formula One is a difficult sport to understand. Try explain a newcomer that maybe has just come off the back of Drive to Survive, which is amazing. I love the fact new fans are joining us. So then go, well, why is Verstappen not allowed to do that when Hamilton's been basically taking the outer layout for, for half the race? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so ridiculous, isn't it, that... They, they need to, my only hope is that this is actually the part where they do clamp down. And for for people that maybe don't know and are confused, because that's the thing, we don't, 
it's not made clear enough at the start of the race and it it shouldn't be this way anyway because you know you you watch qualifying or practice or even practice um you know we put up a graphic that i think bottas got eight laps deleted during the free practice sessions um so it, that's now in every fan's head going right you're not allowed to go off turn four so it's understandable even though it is legal and technically allowed because they changed it why they changed it is so just stupid to me um that fans are just have every right to just be annoyed by it because it's just overshadowed like this this brilliant battle and it's kind of almost ironic that arguably the fact that red bull maybe again this is another big reach but the 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 fact that red bull complained about hamilton and then almost again the faa with their inconsistency and like they're not forceful enough with these things. Like they, they kind of changed their mind in it halfway through the race. And we're like, Oh, now, now suddenly you've got to stop doing it. Um, but then arguably maybe if Verstappen, if, if that had just been the rules and Verstappen had done that move and they hadn't complained earlier and Hamilton hadn't stopped doing it, maybe Red Bull would have had, would be, have been in a place to say, well, no, we're going to argue it. And maybe, you know, the the win would have counted who knows but the problem with these things is always the fact that it should be black and white just if you're off the track it's not allowed stay on the track why is it so difficult Mm. it's such a shame isn't it like we said that we had this amazing race amazing battle and yet we feel the need to come on here and have a rant about how the FIA are managing things something which we've already had discussions about on this podcast before obviously I'm not suggesting we replace the FIA by any means but there is such a shade of grey like Christian Horner called it exactly that you know after FP1 they decided to start deleting track times um, for exceeding track limits we did a a bingo card on social media and we predicted that turn four track limits was going to be an issue this weekend and we're not even employed by the FIA we're just fans talking about Formula One but we knew it would be an issue um, and, you know, while the FIA race, race director, Michael Massey, instructed that Verstappen gave the place back, um, it just shouldn't even have to be an issue. It's just unnecessarily overcomplicated. The drivers were told that track limits would not be monitored during the race. And then all of a sudden it suddenly changed midway through a race. Like drivers have enough on their minds when they're competing in a Grand Prix than to think, oh, well, you actually, you can't do this anymore because it's suddenly been changed. And like, it's just so daft. I just, I don't get why there isn't just one rule, stick to the rule. Um, You know, it's something we'll talk about a little bit later as to like how this could actually be resolved, but it's just getting to the point now where it's just leading to me and you guys having a rant on the podcast um, and overshadowing what was a brilliant race. Yeah, well, uh, we'll take away this grey cloud very shortly uh, as we're talking about this grey area. Um, but, you know, it, it needs to be it's just so simple. You're just not allowed to extend. If you do it a certain amount of times, you get a penalty. Like, that's it. That is the Formula One game's done it. Why Why can't Formula One in real Literally life? Literally about to say that. Yeah, Literally. like if you do that, if, you, if Ham- you did what Hamilton did on the F1 game, you'd be disqualified. Exactly. Uh, you know, and uh, it's just, it's silly. It is silly because... As I say, then Verstappen does an overtake there, and then people go, "Why is he not allowed to do that?" Because it's two right. completely separate rules. Did you? Uh, and then even just to, just to throw even more controversy, 
controversy into the mix. Did you see um, Esteban Ocon shared a video on his yep. Instagram of him racing Sonoda saying, oh, what a brilliant battle. Overtake and he goes off. around the outside, overtakes him off the track. And yeah, he's alongside. But then we get into that ridiculous situation, which again, as Katie alluded to, we're always ranting about it on the podcast. You know, it's the it's the meme of like in the in the midfield the the stewards are asleep but as soon as it happens with the front runners that actually care about they're like oh yeah we should probably do something because a lot of people are watching this whereas Ocon and Sonoda it's fine just do it like it doesn't matter it's just silly it's ridiculous yep sort it out please uh stewards let's go through some questions very quickly i think we've covered a lot of it but uh, we'll go through them anyway h britain one two three says do you think the right call was made about track limits all weekend and do you think the ruling for the max on lewis overtake was fair so we're going to go with a no for the right call about track limits keep it consistent and do you think the ruling for the max on lewis overtake was fair yes i do because that's what the ruling should be is if you go off the track and overtake somebody it's illegal are we in agreement with that yes Yes. yes and yes good uh smoggy bulmer says should track limits now be forever considered to be the white lines instant penalties for even going slightly over the line the ambiguity between different circuits and even different corners is fast becoming laughable yes it should be consistent it should be if you extend three times five times whatever there should be a, a certain amount of times of course it might change depending on what the track is and the corners is but as long as there's a set right this weekend they can't go fast around uh, i don't know they can't cut au rouge three times oh, they wouldn't really cut it for that one you know any yeah, corner yeah, that they, you don't cut x amount of times penalty are we in agreement with that guys yeah yeah it shouldn't be you know it doesn't need to be rainbow road where if you go off you you know you're falling into oblivion but three three times or something like Mario <laughs> three times is yeah like it's easy enough isn't it to just watch someone and go three times you're like okay you're clearly doing this on purpose or or taking the mic now so and it gives and it gives the audience something tangible to to be able to to kind of measure as well the fact okay clear rules yeah hamilton you could even have a little graphic oh hamilton's extended there twice if he does it one more time he gets a three second time penalty boom easy and then the drivers have nothing to complain about because they know notes yeah. Exactly, yeah formula one is one of the only sports that embraces technology technology as much as it does and i think <clears> that we should have something in place if it's not possible for people to be able to monitor it we should have something like sensors fitted to the car for example um they Lucas that, Degrassi- though, they? They, they've had like sensors on yeah tracks. they did it for yeah i don't know why that just disappeared yeah I guess it's just a really difficult thing to maintain and to fit. I'm not I'm not sure. But Lucas Degrassi, who was previously in Formula One, also in Formula E, um, he has suggested online that we should put sensors in the car floor and the magnetic stripe at the track limits. If the sensor is activated, you reduce normal power for an X amount of time. For example, 50 horsepower for 10 seconds. <laughs> it's an iRacing <laughs> slowdown penalty. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I, I don't agree with that personally i think that yeah almost becomes a little bit dangerous if you start slowing well this is down what i thought power. i was like what what happens if you're on a track and then the car in front of you just starts to slow like that's obviously not going to be too safe but i think in terms of maybe having the sensors and then you know you cross the line x amount of times yeah. then that's something that the fia are made aware of um, but yeah, I'm not sure about the idea of actually slowing cars down, but he's put no need for race director's subjective opinion um, as his argument for that. But yeah, it's uh, something that I think needs to be sorted. Indeed it does. We interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode, LinkedIn Talent Solutions. If you have a business, listen closely. 
2021 is looking up, which means there should be plenty of new opportunities for you to grow your business. Whether you're shifting business hours or hiring more remote employees, one thing that remains unchanged is the importance of having the right people on your team. When you're ready to make that next hire, LinkedIn Jobs can help by matching your role with qualified candidates so that you can find the right person quickly. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 30 million members in the UK. Getting started is easy and their new features can help you find qualified candidates quickly. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash WTF1. Again, that's linkedin.com slash WTF1 to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Right, back to the podcast. Uh, final question on the matter before we get back to happiness. Prader Doug says, should have Max just ignored the call from the engineers and just overrun the expected penalty that he would have received? Now, this is what I also thought, and I think that's what Max said on his team radio, uh, was, look, just let me go and I can, I can, you know, I can make the five seconds work. It's not a set thing, though, is it, that, the five, that he would have got a five-second penalty? Uh, so... I understand that, you know, that's probably what a lot of people thought. You just drive, you know, you've got fresh tires. You might be able to extend that gap to five seconds over three laps or however long was left. Uh, But with the stewards on the phone to Red Bull saying, change the position. I don't know whether the stewards would have just gone, well, here's five seconds. No, because then, then you're getting into a ridiculous situation where drivers might as well just shortcut, you know, Sebastian Vettel, like Mm. say you get a, 10 second corner cut penalty Sebastian Vettel just might be key started last he'd just be like well I'm going to take the uh Bahrain outer circuit on lap one get a minute lead and uh win the race um and then <laughs> Johnny Herbert turn yeah, one at Bahrain in the yeah exactly you know Alonso th- think of a of Abu Dhabi 2010 if Alonso just gone oh, you know what actually I'm just going to straight line the chicane get past Petrov give me a five second penalty and I'll win the championship. He basically you know, tried if, that in his last race in Abu Dhabi, didn't he? Yeah. Corner cutting everywhere to try and get a, a point. <laughs> but I think, but I think if Max had done that and won the race by six seconds, I don't think the FIA would have given him a five second penalty. They would have made it 10 seconds or, you know, just or enough just to make sure. It, yeah. It, it's not, it's not literally you cut the corner and get a, a slam dunk five second penalty. So, um, if if that was the case, you'd end up in this ridiculous situation where people are essentially taking joke collapse to get past people, which is not <laughs> that is not how Formula One should be. We all massively agree and disagree with the penalties that these stewards and the FIA hand out to drivers. Like it's just inevitable. Nobody's ever going to go. Actually, that is a hundred percent deserved penalty for this reason. But as soon as you start questioning the stewards and rebelling against what they're telling you to do you're in dangerous dangerous grounds and I would not like to be a driver that starts telling Michael Massey to basically get lost I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to win this race and you can slap a five or ten second penalty on my time later like just the short shit act of disobeying the FIA like that I think would probably be a much harsher penalty than a five or 10 second after the race. But obviously I'm not a steward. I don't know, but that's just what I would imagine if you disobey a direct call from, you know, the people above, I can't imagine they're going to be like, Oh yeah, well, you know, you completely wrote off the advice that we gave you, but we're only going to give you a five second penalty and you still won the race. 
but yeah, I don't exactly. know. Do they, you guys they agree? Would be, yeah, they'd be made. Uh, they'd be made an example of, wouldn't they? Yeah, they wouldn't. Especially with, and I, and I like that. I would rather it be that way, where Verstappen is told to let Hamilton back through, and then we deal with it on the track, than uh, Verstappen driving off into the distance, and then getting a ten-second penalty, and it doesn't matter. You know, at least we then have a battle on track. The stewards are trying to help in that way, so I agree with them in in this instance that that's the way that it should be done. And and I think you know they're not allowed to. They can argue, but they're not allowed to disobey when it's when it's done. It's done. Uh, moving on, right? Happiness again. Katie, three-word race review. Great battles everywhere, which is basically alluding to the fact that obviously we had great battles at the front with Verstappen and Hamilton, but also midfield as well. Um, and you just look up at the TV and there seemed to be another overtake going on, which obviously we're all for as racing fans. Um, but yeah, I thought that the amount of racing on track um, between people like we had the Sainz, Alonso and Vettel battling, which was really cool. Uh, we saw some Charles Leclerc and Lando Norris overtaking going on. So just generally like brilliant stuff and hopefully it will continue on to the through the season. If you're wondering, uh, you know, just during this podcast, why Tommy will just kind of freeze occasionally, it's not because he's bored or he's kind of doesn't bother moving his face. It's the fact that he's tethering off his phone. So I apologise if there's a couple of moments where Tommy just freezes. I I guarantee when I ask you for final thoughts, you'll just disappear off into the distance. Um, But yeah, there was so many great battles, weren't there? You know, one person that I mentioned in Internet Special Reactions was Vettel. As much as he didn't have a very good... um, good race crashing into Ocon and and an end result I actually like the fight that he put up uh on those mediums at the beginning you know going he was kind of left uh as a bit of a sitting duck he had a great start as well I think he was up to 14th after the first couple of laps and I I felt like the uh the strategy with Aston Martin risking it with the one stop wasn't really the way to go it wasn't an attacking strategy and Stroll you know had a good enough car underneath him to be challenging the tail end of the points so for me yeah uh Vettel I you know, he showed some fight, which I really liked. Another person that did was Alonso. He looked like he'd never left, and uh, he was. Told you, that's <laughs> up. He was. Uh, he was. He was on good form. Um, you know, Ocon had a poor weekend, and we didn't really get to see a good comparison between the two because Ocon was always out of out of place after qualifying and whatnot. And of course, you know, some of that was was down to a certain spinner in turn one, um, in Q one. But that definitely. You know, there's some awesome midfield battles. You had Leclerc versus Norris. That was an awesome battle into turn four where Norris did extend as well. So it's a good job he didn't overtake uh, Leclerc in that particular instance. Otherwise, there'd be loads of raging uh, people online. It's, it's fine. It's the midfield. It doesn't, the, the stewards wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> well, for P4, I don't know if that would you call yeah, that true. midfield. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's close up. <laughs> the stewards could just about see what was happening in fourth. Um, but yeah, and and whilst we're on the topic of Lando, the f- the the first few laps for him, especially side by side with Danny Rick, and really, for me, throwing down a marker as, look, mate, I know you're a multiple race winner here, but this is my team, and okay, you outqualified me, but I thought it was a huge statement of intent from Lando, and I was incredibly impressed with his performance as well, because he did outpace Danny Rick for most of the race. Of course, Danny Rick is just joining McLaren and we need to give him time to get used to the braking, for example. You know, they were saying that um, he's actually earlier on the brakes than, than Lando and he's trying to work out, you know, the, the new power unit, etc. But for me, I thought Danny Rick was going to beat Lando from, from race one, to be honest. Maybe not comprehensively, but over the season, I thought Danny Rick was, was, uh, was going to, you know, put Lando to shame a little bit. 
uh, just purely because I think Daniel Rick's one of the best drivers on the crew. But Lando's come out firing, and uh, and I'm solidly impressed. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was extremely surprised, to be honest, that Lando seemed to. I know, you know, Ricardo's new into that team and everything, but I, I think. I won't be alone in saying that I did think Ricardo might just absolutely annihilate him. And you know, Lando is one of those drivers where maybe the future world champion tag has kind of left him a little bit. Um, you know, don't want to have his his army on my case, but you know, you he, do, you yeah. do, mate. They're here, but <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, it, he he's one of those drivers where, you know, came into Formula One and he was up there with Charles Leclerc and George Russell in this, you know, future world champion guaranteed. And then kind of, you know, he, he, he's been good and, and solid and had some really good races as well, like his podium, but almost more memorable for the jokey side of it. And, you know, he said himself, you know, I want to be taken more seriously on track. And then when he's there waving to Carlos Sainz in practice, he kind of like, Okay, is like you know, you know, is this gonna? You need to be on it if you're going to be doing this. But clearly, it it works for him because I mean, I I could not believe how how much he kind of, yeah, just was just so good and so comprehensively beat Ricardo. And the fact that at the start as well, I was like, oh god, here it goes. You know, McLaren have made all this effort to make them like all oh, friends and. Look, look, play the triangle together and be all happy and then they're gonna like obliterate each other in the first race and crash into each other and start hating each other but they got their elbows out it was clean and yeah just what a brilliant performance and the midfield like katie said was just brilliant like if we weren't treated enough to verstappen versus hamilton the fact that all these storylines like um a science racing his hero Alonso you had um Vettel and Alonso which was a proper you know throwback even though unfortunately it was for what like 10th or something not maybe not even that um and Lando and Charlie who are obviously the the twitch crew so yeah it was just just a brilliant brilliant race I was super super impressed with Lando we are all hyping land up on this. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of heart and mouth moments, especially at the start of the Grand Prix when I was thinking, oh no, I can just see it now. Norris and Ricardo are going to come together and you can just imagine the social media storm when that happens. But fortunately they kept it clean, but that was very dicey. And I'm sure both of those drivers were having a great time as was, I'm sure, Vettel and Alonso fighting each other. Um, we've mentioned it before on the podcast, you know, these drivers, although I'm sure they'd love to be up front leading the race and winning races and stuff like that, they, they it's in their DNA to love to have these battles with other drivers on track and especially someone like Alonso and Vettel who have both got so much respect on and off the track that you know that you can fight with each other and you know, nobody's going to pull a rogue move and a stupid move or whatever. Um, and that's just amazing to see. Um, and Alonso, as much as, a, you know, I've mentioned on the podcast before, I think that Ocon is going to beat Alonso this year. That was my big prediction. And I'm well aware of the, the sacrifice that happens if I lose that prediction. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it because I'm a bit worried. I'm not remind, gonna lie. Remind, remind everyone, just in case they've forgotten. 
Um, so I have to go into the middle of London and shout at the top of my lungs something like Alonso is the best driver ever or something like that. I don't know. I'm trying not to think about it, to be honest. But um, it's all right. Matt, Alon- Matt, Matt will be with you shouting. Sorry, you yeah. can snow to any of its gasly, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't oh, wait. God, I can't believe um, I even said that. Nice one. But uh, yeah, I was mega impressed with Alonso, especially in that qualifying. Uh, it was super super but anyway uh, that's enough of me being positive about Alonso um was but yeah it was way around just... Tommy was yours the other way around was it if uh... I, I said Alonso yeah I'd have if to say Ocon sorry Alonso. sorry Astaban in the middle of London yeah okay cool sounds good I completely I'm, fe- I'm feeling confident <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling confident about mine I think Snowda had a really good um, yeah he was driver of the day he had a good, great race but uh, Gasly was in a good position until he literally drove into the back of uh, Ricardo's rear tyre uh Actually, speaking of Yuki, we've got a, a question. Flacca Pinto. Oh no! Next one. Before that, uh, let's do the let's do the Yuki one first. Flacca Pinto says, "Not a real question, okay? But can we talk about Yuki a little bit, please? An amazing race, first race in Formula One, and already in the points. Yeah, it was a great race from from Sonoda. And to be honest, he wasn't even that mad. You know, he was happy, but he wasn't over the moon with the fact he scored, uh, you know, his debut points and stuff. Um, clearly shows he's got a fire within him that he wants to do better continually improve and he's not just going to settle for for you know a lowly tail end uh scoring in, in the points so and you know and his personality is amazing and he's got a certain fire when he's driving uh, and people don't um act the way he thinks that uh they should he's straight on the radio swearing and blind it's brilliant i absolutely love it and you know he's got a great personality with the media as well and people asking oh you know where you where you like to finish today and he's like p1 yeah, things like that and then his laugh is just is just infectious it's just brilliant um but yeah Sonoda he deserved driver of the day I think Perez was a close second but uh you know you expect that from a, a Red Bull driver to be able to come through the field and especially from Perez yeah I feel like I feel like everyone joined my Yuki Sonoda fan club this weekend I think he oh is it your did, fan club is it okay. yeah yeah I think he I think he did it like you know he he covered himself in a lot of glory didn't he um, I mean what I really liked about him as well is what exactly what you alluded to there that and all the great drivers do this that you know everyone was there like you know p9 what what a brilliant drive but he knows especially when he um banged it in in p2 and uh after me joking in the the podcast last week about the the championship battle was going to be between verstappen and sonoda <laughs> and then after q1 i had about a thousand messages going okay <laughs> how are you doing um yeah the um the fact that you know he knows deep down even though it's only his first race that ninth in that alpha tarry which is looking brilliant like that Alpha Tari looks so good. And you mentioned Gasly, you know, he could have he could have been fighting maybe even Lando for fourth. Like the car looked that good. Um and his and his qualifying was unbelievable. Um and yeah, the fact that he just was not happy, he was kind of like it, his team radio at the end of the race as well. He was kind of like, Oh, I'm really sorry, I messed up the start. He knows he could have done better, so he's not willing to just accept like he's not it's a bit almost like a, a bit of a patronizing thing to say like, Oh, he's it. He's, you know, he's not in it just to make up the numbers, but it really showed that by just saying, you know, I know I can do better. And I think there's been a few uh, clips finally gone online, which you can understand because we're focused on the, the battle between um, the front, but he had an absolute ridiculous battle with Stroll in the last laps where they were swapping positions 
And I've never seen a rookie so confident on the brakes. I saw a lot of people compare it to Daniel Ricciardo when he was at Red Bull, where he'd just come from so far back, like about six car lengths. And I think they did show one during the race. And I know Alonso was energy saving, but it was like the calmest dive bomb I've ever seen where he came on Alonso and it was like seven car lengths back and just went up the inside. And you're like, he made that look so easy. But yeah, it's brilliant. I've just written for this on my sheet. Insane racer. Love him. So there we go. I think I can't remember the time. uh, (laughs) Insane racer. Love him. Love him. Moving on. Um, Yeah, no, I need to explain. Um, But yeah, the Alpha Tauri has got such huge potential and especially with us going to Imola, which, you know, is a track that both Alpha Tauris are quite familiar with. They do a lot of testing there. So very exciting. Um, But yeah, like you said, I can't remember a rookie that has one come into the sport and just been so aggressive and like, brilliant with their racing and so confident behind the wheel but then also being so well received by fans because you know although loads of people probably know him from f2 and like we joke about you know tommy founded the fan club way back when um and so he's somebody that's been on his radar for a long time but for a lot of new f1 fans we put a piece out this morning on the website basically saying that um he was overtaking Alonso, which was his dad's favorite racer and this kind of stuff, um, which is amazing. Great, great attitude to have. But um, all the people in the comments were like, never heard of this kid until this weekend. And he's absolutely brilliant. Like, can't wait to see more of him this year. Um, so it's really refreshing to have um, a rookie come into the sport that's actually really adored and got a lot of people excited to see what he can potentially bring in the next few years in F1. Absolutely. Um, quick question. Vamsi underscore Madhav says, what are the other midfield teams that can catch McLaren in the next races? Very difficult to say because uh, I feel like it will um, to and fro like it did last year where certain teams will come out firing. Of course, Alpha Tauri, I think, looking very strong indeed. Uh, you'd like to think there's more from Aston Martin uh, if they can actually get a weekend together. Um, and, well, you know, this it's difficult. Uh, Alpine, I was... You know, pleasantly surprised with Alonso's pace before he retired. So I think there's definitely chances. I don't think McLaren are as far ahead as the midfield. Of course, you've got Ferrari as well with Leclerc just mixing it in in P5. Signs had a, a you know a relatively okay race. Said he wasn't really risking anything, which was a very strange thing to say that he's kind of just bedding himself into the team before he starts making risks, which is interesting as he dive bombs up the inside of Stroll in uh, the double-handed uh, left-hander uh, at turn ten. But um, yeah. I think it's going to change. I think Leclerc's obviously outperforming that car. I thought he was going to drop like a stone at the start of that race because he looked really slow, but then he managed to get it together when he got off of the soft tyres. So it's exciting. I think the midfield is going to be really interesting to watch. And, you know, they're going to snag some podiums here and there as well. Um, But my point, going back to my point about McLaren, I don't think they're as far ahead as the other midfield teams as we all kind of thought. You know, there was this conversation as maybe they're going to be on the, you know, on the, on the sort of, coattails of, of Red Bull Mercedes, but there is a clear gap still, especially in the race. Um, and, and that fight for third place in the constructors is going to be very exciting. Yeah, I think we had a quick chat, didn't we, on, on Friday after practice, and we were like, I think we might be apologising on the podcast about saying that, you know, there's absolutely no way that McLaren yeah, could be up there because yeah. F, FP, yeah, FP2, Orlando was up there. It really did look like they might even be, you know, challenging challenging Red Bull and Mercedes, which would have been crazy. But yeah, they did drop back a little bit 
a bit of a, I guess, reality check. But I think Alpha Tauri know that they kind of not not mess. Well, they did mess up, I guess. Um, they they could have got a lot more points from that race. I think Alpha Tauri the the cars looking really strong, and that's that's the thing with the the midfield battle is you can't you can't make these mistakes because they could be pivotal. You, we saw Racing Point last year. I think it's fair to say they should have been third. McLaren just somehow finished third despite. I think from almost just being like consistent and uh, these, these races, I, f- I feel like it is going to just change in the midfield all the time, which is, I mean, we love to see it, don't we? We do. I think it's good that McLaren have remained sort of in a similar place to the, what they were last year. This was their sixth consecutive double points finish, which is good. Um, but yeah, in terms of teams that arrived in Bahrain, I can't imagine Alpine are going to be too happy. I can't imagine Aston Martin are going to be too happy with the performance. Alpha Tauri, like you say, looks really promising in practice and in quali. And then Gasly just completely ruined his race, you know, during the safety car. Um, and same for Sonoda, he sort of fell back. And although he made up positions towards the end of the race, there was so much potential there that sort of, it seemed to go to waste. But um, Ferrari kind of, quite surprised to be honest I think we all thought that they were going to be um sort of maybe just hanging around just on the outskirts of the top 10 but um another double points finish for them which is their first since Turkey which obviously was when Seb ended up on the podium and Leclerc let it all go in literally the last few uh turns but I'm sure he doesn't want to be reminded of that because that was a bit of a nightmare (laughs) he is an avid watcher of the podcast I'm sure yes from what I've heard yeah (laughs) of course Okay, all right. So uh, moving on now, uh, let's uh, let's get into the first of the season. Tommy, uh, are you going to play the jingle? Is that still happening this like this year? Are you just going to put it in, or I'll put it in in post? I'll pretend I'm playing the jingle. Are you ready? Okay. And now, now, now it's time for. I don't think I've ever heard the jingle. Oh. Wow, Katie, you don't watch your own podcast. Unbelievable. Right. <laughs> let's uh, let's keep this short and sweet. ABCDF one time. Let's do this. Uh, let's start with Lewis Hamilton. A star. Cool. A star. Moving on. Easy. A star. Good. Yep. Good. All right. Good. Uh, Bottas. Uh, I'm going to give him a, uh, a B. Yeah, me too. B. I was, I was su- actually, yeah. I was surprised at maybe a bit of, maybe over the top Bottas slander personally, because I feel like he, he was, I guess, maybe a bit underwhelming. It was used um, as a scapegoat, wasn't he, really? Yeah. With, uh, and, with Mercedes and the strategy. And, and it was very much brought up like, oh, he was 16 seconds behind, which, and he had that very long pit stop, um, which would have cost him a bit of time. But, you know, if Hamilton's getting an A star and say you ignore Bottas's pit stop, which could have put him ahead of Max and helped Hamilton yep. even more, which I know we he thinks... Um, and I, st- I still don't believe it, but I guess you have to believe it in your head that he is a world championship contender and he's there to win the championship. Um, you can argue that's exactly what he's there for, to, to you know, pick up the points, be solid, and that's exactly what he did. Well, imagine turning up to work and not thinking you can do a good job, Tommy. God, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, that would be quite difficult. It's, it's impressive for Bottas, the fact he hasn't cracked yet. And uh, maybe there is a part of him that believes that, you know, yeah. he'd need a bit of luck. I think the Rosberg story probably gives him a little bit of hope that maybe mm-hmm. one day 
uh, in 2074 when Hamilton is still in the sport that maybe he'll be able to he has him. 10 retirements in the year <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um Verstappen oh Katie what, what's your butt uh, sorry what's your butt sorry Kate. oh yeah, Katie. yeah my Bottas was also B, B, um, B I think B he was unlucky with his 10 second pit stop but apart from that it was a fairly average race wasn't it it yeah. was indeed uh, Verstappen A A A okay lovely easy Perez A I went for B just because he probably should have got through in qualifying and it put him on the back foot. Ooh. I've gone for A because I think it was more Red Bull's fault that Perez can get through than it was Perez's fault. Um, and the fact that he made it through the field was obviously excellent, making up 15 places, um, but he's in a good car. So, you know, Got to keep that in mind. Yeah, it's a borderline A. Of course, we don't go into pluses and minuses here because (laughs) otherwise it'd be boring and we'd all be able to settle on our own little decimal points and all that (laughs) stuff. 90%. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But I think, no, I thought it was a solid drive from Perez, especially, you know, the mentality of I'm out the race, Uh, then starting from the pit lane uh, and then being able to get through. Of course, we have seen Alex Albon do similar and I'm pretty sure we gave him a B or maybe an A. I'm not sure. I think think we reckon we probably gave him an A. Um, but you know, Perez is still getting used to the car. He says every single, you know, every single lap he turns, he's getting more used to it. Um, and he was only about three tenths off Verstappen in, in qualifying uh, and getting knocked out. And as Katie says, I think that was definitely more Red Bull's fault, just purely from the fact of don't risk it. You know, he's clearly in the danger zone. Just pop him on a set of softs. They were, yeah, they were really caught out, weren't they, by the fact that the midfield were a lot closer because you know, the, I know the yeah, narrative evolution was enormous, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I know the narrative was oh, Alex Alban, part two, here we go, the Red Bull seat is cursed, all that after qualifying. But was Max like seventh or something after uh, in Q2? Because yeah. like, you know, he almost, not almost, but you know, he was, it's not exactly like he absolutely smashed it and Perez was two seconds off him. So um, he was unlucky, but yeah. So you're I, it's happy with an A then, Tommy? Yeah, yeah I'm not going to argue an A. I'd have given Good. him a B, but it's fine. Tough. You're over. You're overridden. Overridden. Whatever. Overthrown. Um, Norris. A. A. What a drive. Very impressive. Yeah. Also gone for an A. I'm getting concerned, guys. We're we're agreeing far too early. Uh, we're, we're, getting fur- we're getting further down the field. This is yeah. where it'll okay. get. This, this is where, where it'll all go out the window. Uh, Ricardo. Uh, I'm going to give him. Oh, it's between a B and a C. To be honest, I'm going to go with a B. I went for C. I don't know if that's too harsh for him in a new team, but yeah, that's I think what I thought. He's, he's so difficult, isn't it? Because you do have to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's in a new car, but then at the same time, he's Daniel Ricciardo and he is such a highly rated driver. Um, no, so, I change it. I'm going to go with the C. Yeah, it wasn't good enough from Daniel yeah. Rick, I don't think. Well, I went with B and I'm going to stick with B, even though it's going to get overall to a C. <laughs> but um, I thought he had a great quality ahead of Lando, you know, getting the first blood, if you like, between the two of them. But then come the race, just wasn't as impressive as I think all of us were quite expecting. Obviously, they had the first beginning battle between Lando and Daniel, but he fell back. And towards the end of the race, he almost lost out to Carlos in a Ferrari. So not Actually, ideal. I'm changing but... it to B. I'm changing it to B. Yeah. I think McLaren screwed him a little bit with the pit stop because um, he came in a little bit later and Alonso got through on him and he lost quite a bit of track position because he was with Norris and then came in a lap or maybe two laps later and then it's probably a lap later than Norris but I think Norris was late as well with the pit stop either way and it was so tight in the midfield yeah it was so tight actually Um, yeah okay fair enough I will go for B as well because I just remembered that he pitted 
because he had the second pit stop, which you can argue that's that's tough luck, but because that pack is so tight, I think it lost him a lot more positions. Yeah, it? lost him a couple at the very least. Yeah. Okay, so B for Ricardo, uh, Charles Leclerc A. A. What, what a qualifying again. That guy is just unreal. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a solid one lap one lap masterclass and and race pace as well is getting there for sure don't know what happened in this first stint because it was dreadful you know how slow he was and it was quite ridiculous but maybe that's just the soft tires on the i know car. i know people like that was was it a fee sorry katie as well it was yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, agreement again but the thing a for agreement a for agreement the, the thing with i know people like the the q2 tire rule that i'm still not 100 percent convinced on um yeah, that they have to start on those tyres because it's a shame, really, because Leclerc, it, it just screws you for doing well in qualifying. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Leclerc put in an amazing effort and you just knew he was going to be a sitting duck. And it was exciting for a couple of laps where he got ahead of Bottas and there was a moment where I think you had Verstappen, Hamilton and Leclerc three wide going into turn one. It was like, that is that is pretty cool. Like, three who I'd consider the best three drivers in Formula One, just going side by side through through turn one. Yeah. But the guy we, we called it, didn't we? Leclerc just somehow doing miracles in in the car. And fourth was just so far ahead of what I expected. And of course, fifth in the race. So uh yeah, solid A for Leclerc. Almost almost A star in my opinion. But um maybe if he'd got fourth, it would have been an A star in that Ferrari. But uh, Carlos Sainz he had a bit more of a mediocre steady race of course i mentioned that contact he had with stroll at the at turn 10 um and it wasn't massively setting you know the the world alight i'm probably gonna he had a a mediocre qualifying as well like he looked quite close with with uh with leclerc but then just didn't get it together in in his final run in q3 so i'm probably gonna give him I mean, I'm I'm judging this on Ricardo, similar kind of thing. You know, you're expecting quite big things with signs. I'm going to go with a C. Yeah, me too. Oh, I went with a B. I thought um, I just knew. I knew you would have gone for a B. <laughs> why? I, know, I just feel like you're a little it's bit. Been really, it's been really similar, hasn't it? Where we're we're all we're all actually quite on the same wavelength, but it is that middle ground where, for me, yeah, Carlos, I wrote like. C slash B in my notes, but I think yeah. it would be a C just because he is a highly rated driver and maybe it's just a little bit of an underwhelming debut. And I'm not I'm not a fan of drivers uh, that are just like, oh, I'll take it easy. Obviously, there's a limit. Uh, certain people who, uh, you know, maybe went a bit too hot uh, early on. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm, yeah, well, I'm going to stick with my B. I think it's a good solid first race for him um if we're using the same sort of attitude we had at ricardo he's still getting used to it for both ferraris to finish in the points we know is quite a rarity now although it's a different car to what we had last year but um i thought that it was just a fairly solid good first race but i'll be voted down to a c it's fine yeah i I say the same attitude with ricardo of course we gave ricardo a b but the the thing was he kind of got screwed with strategy i didn't really see that with signs as such no Um, i think it was more just lack of pace so yeah uh yeah i think from what we expect from signs it is close to a b but it's not not enough for me to give it a b to be honest so uh moving on sebastian vettel (laughs) 
with, with that with that horrible oh, feeling where you're just God. like, why can't we give a really bad performance an E without getting cancelled? But yeah, it's an E because he was absolutely like, yeah, I know he got. I mean, he ignored yellow double waved yellows and got said he thought someone was locked up. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm it's not sure just, about that one, my friend. The the most damning thing was. Um, uh, Katie's and my wife Katie she she's a big Sebastian Vettel fan and she just I think after Vettel went into Ocon she just was like that's not Sebastian Vettel I just can't get my head around that that's Sebastian Vettel it's and so the, weird isn't it and his team radio was confusing apparently some some people were saying it was before that incident and it actually wasn't oh um, they did did they do a Netflix <laughs> I think so I think so I think uh, because it doesn't make any sense you know that Vettel could not be complaining about that because it was sure. very clear to see Ocon was on the racing line the entire time um mm. yeah I'm gonna give Vettel an E yeah yeah really poor. reluctantly give him an E oh yeah, yeah it was just shocking uh, I know shocking people look, I know people think that I hate Sebastian Vettel for some reason, um, which is very odd. You know, his performances last year weren't up to scratch and this performance was also not up to scratch. And, you know, I was ridiculed by quite a few people uh, saying that Stroll would outperform him this season. And I still think that Stroll will beat Vettel over the course of the year. Um, I think that Vettel won't have performances like this. Don't get me wrong. You know, he was very unlucky in qualifying um, and had a lot of ground to make up in the race. And, you know, he made up quite a bit of that um, up to 14th and, was on a strategy was a bit mare but you know having things like that we just crash into the back of Ocon like that's that's rookie stuff it's not a great way to start the year is it when you've just even you you could argue it even been better if he just sort of trundled around and had a very safe race and finished 12th than having another sort of high profile error in this new Mm -hmm. team when we you know I'm not gonna uh you know, I'm bantering about, oh, well, I predicted this and this. I'm not going to, you know, I, I will hold my hands up and say, you know, I said that Sebastian Vettel will be reborn and it couldn't have gone any, it's only one race, of course, but it couldn't have gone much worse for a first race, could it, at your new team? No. no I mean, not. he's picked up five penalty points this weekend, which from memory yeah. is like one of the biggest haul of penalty points in Jeez. recent years, I so think. seven more over the season and he gets banned. Yeah, he's, he's gone. That's, yeah, that's and because they're all in one for race. A race. That's by the twelve. Way, everyone yeah, banned yeah. for a race, yeah. not banned for this for life. <laughs> for life. <laughs> but for that, that's obviously twelve months until those five points disappear as well. So he's got to he's got to be careful. Best behaviour. That is crazy. Um, right. Okay. I feel like people are going to think we're really harsh with the E. I'm a little bit closer to a D because just purely well taking, taking every tires. every circumstance into mm. consideration. I'm, you know, I'm not going to give him a D because it doesn't matter because we're giving him an E anyway. But moving on, I feel like we've annoyed people already. Stroll, uh, where did Stroll finish in the end? Tenth. Tenth. So we, so we got where a solid point. He got into um, Q3. Yeah. I think it was a sort I mean, considering that Aston Martin doesn't look particularly good, I think it's a B. I think a B. I gave him a B. I think he looked like the more assured, you know, Aston Martin driver, really. It was, you know, really good, solid performance in a car that, you know, we said it in our our predictions that had a lot of people going, oh, will Aston Martin win a race this year? And they've clearly been, you know, screwed quite a bit from the the high rake thing that's that they, their car isn't. Mm. Um, but 
Yeah. It's, I mean, if you, if you took away the uh, identity of the helmets, you would have said that Vettel was the one that finished in 10th and Stroll was the one that crashed, but it's the other way around. And yeah. Vettel also made that mistake into turn one, didn't he, on old mediums where he let quite a few people through locking up. Mm. Um, so, yeah. No. Okay. So we're going to go with B. Is, is that right, Casey? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also went with a B for Stroll. I mean, looking back at the previous podcast, we had a question saying about if people, or if Aston Martin were going to make it into Q3, um, to which we almost assumed that they probably would, but Stroll managed it. Obviously, Vettel didn't. Um, and also, just going to touch on the fact, because loads of people left me a comment of the fact that I said, I would love the fact for half of the grid to make it through to Q3, uh, which is obviously how it works. I think I had a bit of, that was, that was a really bit of a no, Neither of us picked up on I it. Know. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, what a silly thing. <laughs> yeah. We I got that you meant it was a... Clerk. I am stupid moment, but it's fine. I appreciate everyone sending me messages on Twitter. Don't worry. It was endearing. Um, next up, Gasly. Uh, I mean, he had such a great qualifying, quite a rookie mistake, to be honest, to just drive into the back of Ricardo and lose his front wing, in my opinion. Uh, taking everything into consideration, is that a D, do you reckon? I've gone D. I, I was D, almost E. Because it's such a race-ending mistake. Just because it's such a race-ending mistake when Alpha Tari, we mentioned it, that car looks amazing. You know, he was amazing in qualifying and they need to be picking up the points while their car is looking is almost mm. almost the third best or at least up there with McLaren. They needed a big, big chunk of points to start the year with and Gasly, unfortunately, for a, again, swap the helmets and that's the kind of thing you'd probably yeah. expect Sonoda to do. So, yeah. Okay, I no, yeah, fair enough. If we're giving Vettel an E, we're giving uh, Gasly an E, uh, in my opinion. Okay, so we'll uh, overthrow Katie's D, unfortunately. Sorry. Um that sounded weird. That sounded really weird. Uh, Sonoda. Uh, we're going to give him, I'm going to give him, uh, considering everything, uh, an, an A. I went for a B. Wow. Sonoda fanboy. First race. I know. Keeping it, playing it cool, you see. Yeah. yeah, there's more to come from him. I think I, I agree. Yeah. I agree with him that, you know, ninth, after the the session, I guess it showed the sign of Alpha Tauri's confidence that they were trying to get through on the mediums uh, into Q2. Because I mean, Sonoda, I can't, I can't wait till we actually, if we get to see him on the soft tires in Q3 on low fuel, because that Q1 run was ridiculous. Um, but I think there was more, more to come from the result. That's why I gave him a, a B. Yeah, okay. He messed oh. up at the start as well. Yeah. More to mm. come, messed up the start, but I'm thinking, look, you're a debutant, you've never raced it's in fun. Formula 1 before. It just, we just need to give some you know, leeway for when he wins in Imola and we give him an A star. So it's, A triple you know. star. <laughs> uh, I, I'm still gonna. I'm still leaning on A. Uh, you know, okay. I, I felt like he was driver of the day. So, um, Katie? Well, I went with B, so sorry, Matt. <laughs> cool, rip. Uh, I think that the fans <laughs> will be on my side because if uh, he's getting voted driver of the day, I guarantee they're not voting B. It was a press driver. Uh, I thought press was driver. Yeah, Pere- Checo was driver of the day. Oh no, I was watching Tomo's thing. Oh no, he gave him driver. <laughs> anyway, Sonoda was second driver of the day. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, yes, Perez was driver of the day. Uh, I am. I stand corrected. Um, okay, all right, B then, whatever. <laughs> uh, Alonso, obviously had retired, but I thought he was uh, very feisty. Looked like the old Fernando in a lot of ways. Uh, does it deserve an A? Considering Ocon's performance, yes, it does. Yeah, I gave him an A. Just straight back in the car. 
the Alpine doesn't look very good. And how it, I think we, I had quite a few messages after the qualifying, um, just how many weird things we kind of predicted in that last podcast that we were joking about, you know, obviously we're only just, we're all just making it up, but we said, didn't we, Alonso will just somehow be Alonso and pop it into Q3, even though he shouldn't be because the Alpine is, doesn't look that great. And there's the, the midfield is so competitive. Um, and it's a bit of a shame really, because I think, uh, what was it a plastic bag or a sandwich bag or something ruined his, <laughs> ruined his race. Some Marshall's sandwiches should have I'm not lifted. surprised that bloody air box is sucking up probably half the universe with how big it is. So, <laughs> it's like a black not, hole. Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I went with a high B, but I know that's not how it works. So we'll go with A. But yeah, pretty insane quality, amazing fights. Retired because of the uh, plastic bag, as you said. So a DNF, but um, what a mega comeback. Proper what a lad. Amazing. What a lad. Mm. Well done, Alonso. You get an A. Ocon, I am going to give him a D. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll give him a D. Where did he finish? Half uh, the points. 13th. Obviously, he got punted okay. by Vettel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get punted by Vettel. But it's a C, D, it's, 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 it's difficult. Yeah. It's, it's on like, the borderline. Yeah, like the Alpine isn't great, but you think... I feel a bit Surely. harsh, but then he had a terrible quality, but then that was because of C, I'm changing, C. No, but was it because I heard that he wasn't just on a particularly good run anyway, even with the, the mouse? Yeah, he had a bad first lap, didn't he? And, uh, then... and then just kind of wasn't going quicker, I'm not sure. But the thing is, we gave him the benefit of the doubt last year that you know he had a year out the sport, and yeah. now I feel like he really needs to step up. And I know Alonso is a ruthless and incredible teammate. He's 40 but years you old. don't want to be, yeah, you don't want to be 16th or wherever he qualified when Alonso's eighth, ninth, ninth wherever ninth. he was. So yeah. He started um, ninth, yeah. When you're the one that's been in the team for a year. So or I think, yeah, in terms of like drivers that didn't crash, I'd say this this was probably the most disappointing of performances. Yeah, this isn't giving my prediction a huge amount of a promise, is it? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I've said Ocon C, although it was very average race, hence the C. It's not, you know, as awful as some of the other drivers we've seen. It was undoubtedly a bit of a disappointing performance, considering what Mm. Alonso was up to with blimmin' metal plates in his jaw and being away from the sport for two years. Um, But yeah, I've gone C for Ocon. Okie doke. Uh, I'm sure we'll probably fly through the next three teams because they are just the usual uh, ones that we don't know a huge amount of um, because we don't see them. Uh, Raikkonen. <laughs> C. Solid. But C. Not like... Yeah, he was... Was it 12th? He almost got a point. 11th. Yeah. I think 11th. he was 11th in Giovinazzi. He was 12th, right? Yeah, so it's a decent... decent uh, I, I was about to say haul. No haul because they got zero points, but a decent showing from, uh, from Alfa Romeo at least that they could definitely get some points. Um, if things go wrong for the teams ahead. So uh, Raikkonen C, Giovinazzi C as well then? Yeah, that's yeah. what I got yeah. for. Lovely stuff. Uh, Russell, of course, getting into Q2 was very impressive but uh, and was lingering in the points for all of three seconds, even though he <laughs> hadn't stopped. Uh, hoping for a safety car, I'm sure. Uh, should we give Russell a B then for that performance? Yeah, I thought B. Okay. I, I barely even noticed Williams in the race, at least like, because you know, you've deleted them from your brain with the worst livery the ever made. Yeah, they, they are pixelated in my head, so I, I just don't see it. Abomination. <laughs> yeah, I just, just barely even 
you know, because they were either the the team doing decent or a, a banter team that were doing really poorly. Um, the fact that they're, we have a new challenger for last place. Um, I saw a brilliant meme, by the way. I think it was a clip from Top Gear where they're, they're looking at the screen going, we're not last. And it was like <laughs> Williams Mechanics uh, pointing at Haas being uh, last. But yeah, I think B for Brussels, C for Latifi I've gone for. And again, they just weren't in the race. Yeah, I think, well, that's exactly the same marks that I've given them. Um, really impressed by Russell once again to get through to Q2. Uh, we've obviously had lots of discussions on this podcast about the state of the Williams um, and how it looked like <laughs> it could be really... The... <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. Um, but yeah, a brilliant job from him. We know that he is superb on a Saturday, isn't he, and getting that Williams where it shouldn't probably really be. But uh, yeah, overall... Um, I think we said B for Russell C for Latifi. Yep, agreed with that one. Uh, next up, uh, Mazepin, the quickest F anyone has ever received um, because it's one of the worst weekends I think anyone's ever had as a de- debutant, right? Uh, yeah. Spinning most of the time, of course, coining the now name Mazaspin, uh, which is now becoming a meme. But if we're judging purely on his performance, it was dreadful. Uh, he looked okay in practice, looked like he was, you know, a, a bit quicker than Mick Schumacher at times, but generally speaking, um, yeah, crashing on lap one on his own, lighting up the rear tyres. I know Schumacher did also spin later on and that has does look like a handful, but come on, you're not risking it into turn two. You That's could tell as well, he squeezed the throttle a little bit like we saw in F2 with uh, Piastri, who squeezed the throttle a little bit to try and get up the inside of, uh, maybe it was even uh, one of the Williams of Latifi perhaps, but you just don't you just don't need to do that. It's full fuel, hundred kilograms. Don't be taking risks. Uh, I think uh, I think it's worse that he managed to do it on essentially both his qualifying laps. So if you if you think about the laps that count, Saturday and Sunday, he didn't do a single one without spinning, which is really poor form. You know, a lot of people, like you say, taking the the driving into account. People saying, "Oh, you know, you shouldn't shouldn't be in F one." Like, and at the end of the day, like he finished, I can't remember what fifth in F two, maybe. So we're not talking about, you know, Rag Hunathan levels of bad, or even they've just put. Even if like you know, I'll like, oh, leave Mahavir out of this. Like, or, or you do know what I mean, like some like random kid in carts that they've gone. Here you go, have an F one drive. Like you know, someone finishing fifth in F two should be able to, at least drive and do all right in formula one um but yeah just the fact that he he spun on both qualifying attempts and then again on the very first well what was it third corner of of the race mm. you, know, you can't can't get any worse for a debut so yes yeah, it, it just has the hallmarks of uh, desperation to impress in my opinion yeah. like just it's just overdriving the car um clearly and yeah because you think that if you had those two, they're, they're the worst car on the grid, clearly. And you've had your two spins in qualifying. You think even if you're letting people go into the first few turns, just let them go, ease into the race. I mean, Jack Jack Aitken with his savage tweet saying, <laughs> I feel suddenly better about taking 60 laps to bin it in the wall or whatever in, in Sakir. So yeah, you think take it easy, but to go off immediately. Yeah, what a, poor debut Mm, I think 
we can see very clearly that the Haas does look like an absolute dog to drive. Like for Schumacher to spin as well, like Schumacher's an F2 champion. He's not a poor driver. Um, so that car is obviously not great. But um, for Mazepin to, you know, he's got a load of people that he has to prove a lot to, not just on the track, but also his actions off the track. Um, and he came across and said, you know, I want you to judge me by my driving. But this obviously is not the greatest start, is it, by binning it off in turn three? I mean, none of us like to see drivers going off and crashing. And, you know, as much as we might not um, agree with what he's done away from the racetrack, it's, you know, it's good to see that he was able to walk away from a crash like that and he he's fine. But it's just a abysmal debut, really. Um, and, yeah, hence why he has got the F. Indeed, it wasn't a huge crash, was it? Uh, but no, just seeing but... A, seeing a car going off, spearing off in the background, uh, gives you gives you shivers. Bahrain, what happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. yeah exactly. It was a bit of a. It's not a nice uh, uh, remembering of of what happened uh, to Grosjean, um, but uh, fortunately, both of them okay. Uh, Mick Schumacher. So we given obviously Masbin an F. Schumacher was, you know, obviously had that spin. Very difficult to judge. I think we just give him a D and move on, do we? I I gave him a C, but. Okay, yeah. but spinning, yeah. in, spinning by himself. Mm, I guess it was. What else are we doing? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think that I think that's a D grade, isn't it? If you manage to finish the race. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, what did this we is, give? This is Jack me, by the way. This is me. Oh saying. yeah, I know. I'm a Schumacher fan. Every percent of every molecule of me. And I'm saying a D, and you're here with dropping a C. I mean, look, what, what I don't think it was. I don't think it was worse as uh, like a worse mistake to make as like Gasly, for example. Yeah, but Gasly, we gave an E, didn't we? But yeah. the thing is, Ocon, oh, you know, we gave remember. him a, a, a D. But <laughs> let's decide, Katie. What were you going for? On my thing, I have a C. Okay, C. It is done. But we're C done. Minus. Okay. Let's not let's not linger. <laughs> Yes, uh, minus. <laughs> don't, don't you dare. Right, predictions for Bahrain. Let's go through these atrocities. Um, Perez within 0.2 of Verstappen in Q3. I went for as my first one. That's really good, considering yeah. Perez didn't even make Q3. Uh, that's just my ho- hopeful, wishful thinking that the second Red Bull driver's seat isn't cursed. And the second one, Ricardo, best of the rest. Also absolute rubbish. Tommy. Uh, Verstappen pole, which yes, he did. Well and uh, no DNFs in the race, which ended no. in three seconds. <laughs> Katie uh, I went for top five finish for an Alpha Tauri and I specified Gasly um, and then he went and ruined everything so thanks Pierre um, and Bottas finishing ahead of Hamilton so, so Matt Tommy and I we pop, are the we get Alpine of uh, the predictions no points wow. ouch um, fans Messi Lusada double DNF for Red Bull one two finish for Mercedes no CG Zinzu double Williams point finish no Westy 2209 Alonso podium with Ocon and P4 absolutely not lovely stuff now the predictions for the Formula 1 Pirelli Grand Premio del Mel del Med in Italy Il del Emilia Romagna you're welcome for that (laughs) I thought I'd just read it I'm Ron Burgundy Uh, my two predictions Verstappen on pole by over three tenths of a second or three tenths and above not over. So if it is three tenths exactly, that counts. I love, I love you. Uh, you, you always banter about our prediction. And you've just gone. Uh, so same qualifying result as last week. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Oh, Get out of here. Tommy's <laughs> like, supporting... oh, my internet's got to go. I'm supporting your boy. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Tommy, final thoughts. 
Oh, they haven't frozen yet. Uh, <laughs> good, nice. I like that. Uh, so Verstappen on pole by zero point three. Look, I'm I'm specific. I don't just go Verstappen pole. At least I add another variable. Okay, sorry, in there. I'm not boring like you. <laughs> um, and Vettel out qualified by Stroll again. Tommy, uh, AlphaTauri quickest of the midfield, and so quicker than well done. McLaren and all. Yeah, one point. Well done. Hey, you never know. Uh, Perez podium. I've gone for um, Perez out qualifying Bottas and double points for Ferrari again. Cool. Nice. All right. Sounds good. Uh, the fans, Kadati says both alphas in the points like the last time we visited Imola. Nosy Bear 21, Sonoda on the podium. Lars Gers, Max dominates everything, but Lewis still wins. <laughs> that is very possible. Right. That that's happen. it. Tommy, final thoughts. <laughs> nice <laughs> um yeah final thoughts uh just enjoy the race i know we had a moan about track limits but do try and enjoy it because we've got we've, we've finally got what we wanted looks like we're getting a title fight we said be hyped and well the race delivered so what a shame we've got to wait three weeks though it's a long long time yeah am i adding my final thoughts yeah Okay. Um, yeah. Try and bottle the feelings that you all felt after the race had ended and that excitement and channel that throughout the rest of the season rather than looking back at um, what they're called turn four. Um, turn four flashbacks. Yeah. Just get rid of that. Take, get that negative energy, throw it away. Remember the good feelings that we felt after that race because that was a corker. And I'm very excited for Imola, except we probably won't get as an exciting race, but maybe I'm going to reverse jinx it. Who knows? If, well, look, you said it now. No, no jinxes happen when you say. Oh, is that the rules? <laughs> yeah, no, it just doesn't Sorry, happen. everyone. Of course, Tommy's looking forward to Imola. It's basically a Monaco. So um, yeah, it should be, it. Uh, he'll be absolutely loving the procession. Um, so yeah, that no, should be great. My final thoughts are just, yet. Yeah, um, what an amazing race that we've just had on Sunday. A huge amount of time now till the next one, but we will have lots of Formula One content coming your way, including actually this podcast going out at the same time as another video. It's a double video day today, uh, talking about the uh, track limits as well that we've discussed and uh, why it was possible uh, that Lewis could extend 29 times and get away with it. Right, that's it. Thank you so much to our sponsors, LinkedIn Talent Solutions. And we will see you very soon. Hashtag WTF1 podcast. If you want to get involved next time, give us a thumbs up, five stars, wherever you are. Lots of love. Thank you, Tommy and to Katie. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Tommy, get some furniture for Christ's sake. Get something. Get, get, get a picture. Stop pretending that you've frozen. <laughs> <laughs>